Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On today's podcast, journalist and comedian Angela Foipierre returns to discuss what she's learned listening to a certain English pop band during lockdown. My name is Justin Hamilton, and when I awoke, I was alone. This bird had flown, so I lit a fire on Big Squid. the show today we have abc journalist comedian and raconteur pal Ange lafoypierre joining me to chat about an array of topics and also her sudden realization of what is going on in the lyrics of the beatles rubber soul album not all of the songs but just a few of them she's uh seen something she's discovered something these are the things that happen during lockdown aren't they we listen a little bit closer or we check something out that we've never checked before and suddenly it's like a whole new world opens up before you but it's a fun chat with Ange and it's always great to have her on the show yet in fact she inspired me to buy some tarot cards recently Uh, an artist I love is a guy called Todd Alcott who put out a kickstarter a a few months ago for a set he's designed and uh The designs were beautiful, and I've always been tarot curious. Not necessarily, I don't know how you would describe it, not necessarily a believer as much as that, maybe? I don't know, but I just find them fascinating. I've always found them fascinating. I've never really uh, had uh, much of an opportunity to kind of dig into it, and I thought, oh, I feel like having a new thing to kind of understand and get my head around tarot always turns up in stories as well and i'm just sometimes a little bit lost i only have kind of vague ideas of what people are referring to so uh, i wanted to kind of open up that world to me so uh Ange is very much into tarot and she was chatting to me about that type of stuff and it got the imagination going and then 
Todd's Kickstarter happened and I was like, well, this seems like I might as well get into it and maybe I'll become adept at tarot. Maybe that'll be my new thing. Or I'll just have some really cool looking cards that I can gaze at when I feel like daydreaming. Anyway, it feels like a win. Uh, Just an update on my COVID vaccination experience. All of last week I had uh, just a low level headache and moments of nausea and it kind of left me in a low frame of mind. I, I felt very tired. It was hard to get things going. Uh, I'm also working as a talent producer on Will Anderson and Jan Fran's new show for the ABC, Question Everything. That's one of the projects I've been working on for the last couple of months. And between feeling awful and getting that show up to speed, it was a slow and rough week. But I woke up yesterday morning, that was Monday morning, the 9th of August, and I feel like I'm back on track. I'm full of energy, I'm clear-headed, and I just feel better (laughs) about things. It's amazing how, you know, physically, however that's affecting you, uh, it can affect the mind and just kind of... uh, blow away the cobwebs which is what was uh, happening to me all of last week god it was just a it was just like walking through glue you know that feeling so it's just a heads up for anyone who is going in for their second vaccination i know it's different for everyone uh i know some of my friends have had mild reactions like barely anything and then there's some other friends who have had it much worse i've got a friend who's going through it at the moment and she is struggling But I just wanted you to know where I was at so you can at least have some extra information in the back of your head before you go and have yours. Or if you know someone who was about to have theirs, you can use me as an example, etc. But it feels good to be vaccinated. And I tell you what, I look forward to heading back out into the real world at some point and just licking everything I come into contact with. Everything. I'll do it. I'm going to live forever. How good are vaccinations? I'm all for it. (laughs) Take that, not Manu. Uh, Coming up over the next couple of weeks, uh, I have author Alex Hammond, who is going to be on talking about his latest novel, The Paris Collaborator, which is fantastic. And... I've also got Garth Jones returning to discuss the Ozploitation zombie movie, Wormwood. So if you're keen to read the book or watch the movie, which is on stand, uh, I thought I'd just give you a heads up in case you want to get into that. Otherwise, you can just wait for the podcast and uh, let us, uh, you know, pique your curiosity. Uh, ben Elwood and I are recording very soon too, covering our last Sophia Coppola movie. And then we will let you know who our next director, will be Uh, we've been chomping at the bit for this and we are keen to get it going so uh, i'm looking forward to doing that Uh, if you'd like to stay up to date with stuff please join our big squid facebook page or you can follow me on twitter at justin hamilton underscore and instagram on justin hamilton comedian right time to invite Ange to the microphone so she can share what has been happening in her lockdown world and what she has uncovered in the lyrics of Beatles songs. This is a fun chat. I love Ange. And here she is. We started talking before we even started recording this podcast. And it feels like, I don't know about you, but I feel at this point mildly frayed. And it's, and it's mainly because I think people who aren't used to working from home 
suddenly don't realize that past six o'clock, maybe they shouldn't get in touch with you. Yeah. Well, that's, see, you're describing me, um, but but not this time around because they've decided that our, you know, podcast, um, what could be more essential. So we're still going into the ABC every day to create this podcast and, uh, last time they thought they'd give it a bell with us working at home and we all ended up working like 15-hour days and going completely insane and getting clinical depression. Um, yeah. And so that was that was us last time. So they've gone like, no, 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 we're not going to do that to you again. <laughs> right. That's the, nice. It is nice. It's also very nice. Um, but this time I've got boundaries, but it's not, it's not that I've learned boundaries. It's that I literally leave work. And I, I don't think I've, I don't think I ever learned those skills. I think in the six months that I worked from home, I did yeah. not, I did not learn those skills one bit. Like I would, my desk was like a meter from my bed, and I would just like yeah. roll. People can't see what I'm doing, but I'm just always sort of like roll my my, <laughs> my chair over like the meter to my bed, and just sort of like yeah. roll onto my bed. Um, which is, you know, as much a symptom as a cause of depression, it's this real Ouroboros, it's depression Ouroboros. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and, but I would be, I would be messaging people at 8 o'clock at night. The thing is I did not expect them to reply. I'm like right. I was aware to an extent of how psychopathic the hours were that I was keeping. Um, it was medicine for myself. Yeah, it's look, it's tricky. Uh, having the workplace in the bedroom is dangerous, and we've all experienced that at some point. But it is, it is terrible for the sleep cycle. Shocking for the sleep cycle, and I don't. The rest of my house is like quite forbidding. It's like an old, you know, Sydney terrace. It's like this lightless, heatless wonder. Um, and so like, it was the only, it was the only place that you could work. And I was was sharing the house the first time around with like four other people who were all doing the same thing. And so it was just, yeah. And so it it was, you had to do it, but yeah, it was a, it was a deep, deep, um, yeah. Head fuck. A a lightless, heatless wonder is my opening line for my Tinder profile. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) that's where I'm at now. I some think people, the some people are after that, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm scared about. But um, I I think it's also being on the screens a lot. Like I've been on like four hour writing workshops on screen, and it, it, there's just something about just being a face on a monitor. That feels like it's it's disconnected, but you, it feels like you have to be focused, and it's really easy to you know drift away and think about something else that you'd rather do. Well, then everyone starts to test the boundaries, right? Like you test the limits, and you realise that like nothing's real, and you're not accountable, and so then you like yeah. switch off the camera and go to the loo or whatever, and you like switch off the switch, you know, go on mute and like make another call, and it's just like. You know, the the barrel doesn't have a bottom. Like it's just, yeah. you know, we you can disappear into into a kind of oblivion when you're just a face on a screen. It's um it's scary shit. Well, the most confronting thing I have seen this year was someone on the uh, workshop the other day who sneezed four times <laughs> in a row and did not put their hand over their mouth. Now it's fine. It's their computer. They're in the <laughs> home. Very far away from me, but just to watch it was a bit 
Jesus, like, what is this? This is, this is too much. It's so aggressive. And then 15 minutes later, really did hear him have a tinkle, which was pretty amazing as That's well. That's pretty good. That's because it's not a bad sound, is it? Like, if you can divorce it from the, um, reality of what it is that's going on. It's actually quite like yeah. nice sound. Like if we could just yeah. get over that hang up, um, you know, yeah. I can see whole like Spotify ASMR channels of just like. <laughs> <laughs> but on the on the sneezing thing, I've often throughout this pandemic thought of my year five teacher, Mrs. Osborne, um, okay. because she used to. Um, be one of those people, I don't know if you've ever met someone like this, who couldn't sneeze like less than 30 times in a row. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I'm like, yeah when it happens, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it really happens. And it'd be a rare thing. But like, it was very exciting for, for us as children to see her. And we, because we'd all be like, <gasps> and like count and start to count her <laughs> sneezes. And I just wonder how she's doing in this lockdown and like in a COVID context. Because, you know, like every time, you go out and you've got like your sniffle and you want to be like, oh, like I've, it's, or I cough. Like I'd be like, you know, yeah. I've at different times throughout this pandemic been addicted to a vape. Um, right. been like, no, like just get a t shirt being like, it's not COVID. I just like have a vape addiction. <laughs> um, right. I wonder what her t shirt would say. Like she would have to, like, she, I don't know. Um, it's pollen. It's pollen, but she would do that all year round. Like, right. And in Bathurst, when it's minus seven degrees, you know, there ain't no pollen getting around. She's just no. sneezing 30 times. Like, what are you allergic to frost? Like, it's <laughs> maybe. Maybe she was allergic to, I think she was allergic to everything. But anyway, I think she oh. probably had to do a lot of explaining, and I really feel for her. Isn't seven sneezes in a row meant to be the equivalent of an orgasm? No, it's eight. So it's like one eighth. But then I did some looking into this because I remember finding out that fact early and then trotting it out in my early adult life because it's kind of like a little bit edgy. It's like a little bit sexy, a little bit like, oh, you're saying because someone had sneezed and a great way to make them uncomfortable. He's like, oh, you just had one eighth of an orgasm. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, logic (laughs) dictates that eight sneezes in a row would equal an orgasm but because it's not. I mean, I think we all know this if you've ever done eight seasons in a row, which I haven't, but I've done four and I've also had yeah. an orgasm, not to brag, but, um, right. you, but it, and it's not, you know, and then you get told it's like, it's not equal. It doesn't have a cumulative effect. And that kind of checks out. You're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just like, it's just like, you know, four and a four eights in a row. It doesn't add up. Well, what is it? It's it's is it meant to be the lightheadedness that you get? Is that what, like, cause no, it's no, not no, like you get to like, eight sneezes like, and then like you go, a, it's like a like it's the release of muscles, right? It's like the it's right. like the tension and then the release. Um, right. Yeah. I guess but I don't it's... know. I'm not a scientist, but that's no. <laughs> eight sneezes in a row, experience. though. You're not, yeah, you're not you're not changing the sheets after eight sneezes in a row, though, right? No, I'm not changing the. I mean, I'm not. I'm not changing, not the, changing sheets. the sheets. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> not in lockdown. Not in lockdown. No. I get. I keep doing these uh, Zoom catch-ups because it gives me an excuse to get dressed. It's yeah. really, <laughs> it's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, what, how else have you been uh, passing the time? You, oh, you, so okay. you're going into work. I'm but going you've... into work, and the day is structured as it is for many people. I think around. Well, there's two, there's two things that I want to talk about. I guess like the things that I've ended up really fixating on this week, and one is you know in the evenings I've been passing the time with a lot of records. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been delving back into um, the back catalogue and uh, particularly the Beatles. 
Um, okay. Which seems like an obvious choice, but, you know, it's not if you've left it long enough between drinks. Also, I found a whole new song called Long, Long, Long on the White Album that I'd totally forgotten about or maybe didn't even oh. in the first place and I've just been getting yep. into that. But also I revisited Rubber Soul um, yep. and um, found a lot of the lyrics very disturbing, um, which was confronting because I learned, a lot, like, I, that's a beloved album for me. Um, okay. And so I I grew up listening to and learning all the words and knew the words before I could possibly knew what they meant. And then revisiting right. them as an adult has been rather a disturbing experience for me. The other feature of my day that is immutable is the um, 11 a.m. New South Wales press conference, as it is for many people. Um, although I have a strong sense that many people have just sort of dropped off and been like, no, this no. is too hard. I'm just going to watch like the TikTok guy predict the numbers. Although he's, yeah. been, he's since been outed, obviously, and smoked out and he no longer knows the numbers, um, yeah. which I found, you know, fantastic as a sting operation. Um, but yeah, um, but remember, remember when the sting operation used to try and work out who broke into Watergate, yeah. and now it's <laughs> like, <laughs> who's this TikTok asshole? But well, like, do you want to do you want to talk about the Beatles? Because what I've done is like we'll talk about both. But what do you? I've, I've looked up. Uh, while you were mentioning that, I just mm. quickly uh, got online and I have uh, Rubber Soul in front of me yeah. and a little, it's only Wikipedia, but little explanations of what each song is about. Oh, okay. This is good because I haven't looked up that. So maybe I can run my like song meanings so, against your, yeah. the official one. So there's okay. three songs. So should we go would, in order? There's, there's three oh, songs okay. I'd like to revisit. One is Run yep. Your Life. One okay. is Norwegian Wood. And yeah. one is you won't see me. Now- okay, so, so let's let's look at Norwegian Wood because uh, so this album's written after they've met Dylan, right? Yeah, you can hear and, that actually. So it's nineteen sixty-five at this point. Yeah, the, the infamous moment where the Beatles meet uh, Bob Dylan, and every, it's all a bit tense, and then nobody's quite certain what to say, and then Bob Dylan pulls out a big joint and says. Uh, does anyone want to have any of this? And the little-known fact that Ringo, who was a little bit older and was in some ways the grown-up, said, sure. And he took it and uh, had a big puff. And then suddenly, six months later, Dylan's gone electric and the Beatles are going <laughs> rubber soul. <laughs> yeah, it's a gateway drug. That's what they're always yeah. saying. Um, so, what, so what are your thoughts on Norwegian Wood? Well, Norwegian Wood is, I think, the most interesting of all the ones because the other ones are like obje- – the, the lyrics to the other two songs I've mentioned are objectionable on the plain facts. But Norwegian Wood has the air of a song – like it has a slightly poetic – air like a sort of fable like quality to it you know i once had a girl or should i say once she 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 once had me you know it's kind of cryptic from the start mm. um something about norwegian wood i didn't know what that was i still don't really right. know what it was and if you go through the lyrics you know there's a story that's told there and it's like this encounter between these two people and you know it's pseudo romantic but we don't really know it's like she doesn't necessarily have any furniture it's very bohemian you know do they fuck do they not we don't really know um but then you know revisiting this as an adult it seems like you know, it's this classic moment in any kind of hookup. Like you've gone home with someone, maybe thought the better of it. Um, yeah. We talked until two. So, like, he's made a point of mentioning the time as well. He's like, I sat up chatting away with my yeah. game face until two. And then she yeah. just goes, it's time for bed. 
and she worked. She says she works in the morning. She starts to laugh. So she's laughing in his face. You know, he's just, he's been doing all this leg work. He's at this house. She's, he's not even sitting on a chair. She hasn't given him a chair. And he's made a point of mentioning that as well. So he's quite hard done by in this whole scenario. He doesn't work in the morning. He's like, fine, goes off to sleep in the bath. They're kind of at quite an advanced point in the relationship here. You know, the equivalent of yeah. the bohemian equivalent of sleeping on the, on the couch, I suppose. Um, yeah. and, and then it's sort of the, the last verse I never thought much of. But then yeah. listening to it again, so he wakes up alone in this house and she's gone off to work having decided, no, nah, like I've taken this guy home, don't really feel like rooting him, just going to go to bed, go to sleep alone, bit weird, he's sleeping in the bath, whatever, you know. And then he wakes up and she lights a fire and says, isn't it good, Norwegian wood, having yeah. mentioned earlier that her room is furnished with wood, with with pieces made of Norwegian wood. Now, my yeah. theory here is that he's in fact gone and burnt her furniture as some act of revenge because she didn't put out. Yeah, no, you've got that wrong. He actually burns down her pine panelled home. <laughs> Right. It's not just the furniture. It's everything. Right, right. So I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, these nice Liverpudlian boys in 1965. It's not not an autobiographical song. It's just a story. Right. It's just a story. I mean, this is the, you know, I'm familiar with this defense as a stand up. You know, it's not, a, it's not, you know, it's not autobiographical. This is just, you know, I've yeah. inhabited the first person as an artistic device. Um, yeah. I'm a storyteller. You know, don't be so damn basic and literal and simple. You Philistine, sure. But even if you take it as a fable, as something that, you know, they themselves didn't do, it's still, the character in this story is incinerating this woman's belongings ostensibly, seemingly, because she did not put out. If we, if we take right. this in concert with the other two songs that I've chosen uh, to, to select tonight, so Run For Your Life. Well, he- well, hang on, hang on a sec. But, but Norwegian Wood, he's not saying, <laughs> like he, he doesn't then say at the end of it, oh, what a top guy I am. Like he's, <laughs> he, he's not... He's not saying that this person's good, right? No, but I mean, I mean, if, if we're going to enter into the form of the fable, nor does this character get any t- comeuppance. His final, he has the final word in the song, and he's saying like, right. "Isn't it good, Norwegian wood? Burn this bitch's house down, yay for me!" Is that? It's, it's, it's. I don't know. It has a triumphalist tone to it. Well, right, okay, but no, <laughs> but all, but stories about bad people don't necessarily always have good endings, right? No, no, but, like, I think we can read from the fact that the baddie, like, you know, if we are to accept, you know, the general moral norm that burning someone's house down because they don't, um, because you don't get your dick wet is, like, not upstanding behaviour, that nothing bad comes of them and they get the final word. There's nothing cautionary about this tale. There's nothing... Um, yeah, it is. It's the whole song. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. I, I, it I is. It just as easily. Look, it's it, it. the kindest thing you could say is that this song is mute about the moral decrepitude of its protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> the right. worst thing you could say is that it is a tacit endorsement of said protagonist's behaviour. Right. 
I never thought that. I always thought, God, this guy's awful, but I tell you what, <laughs> well, that's he knows how to write a song. Well, that's the good things about you. It's like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's wonderful that, that that was your takeaway. But I just, I, I guess, look, maybe it's just the shock of, of like, what, a song that I enjoyed, that I quite yeah. liked as a kid, where I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. like, whoa, how convenient. Yeah. They've just met and they've gone home and who talks until two? Oh, golly, that's quite late at night. They must be quite yeah. into each other. But it really this this grown man seems like a like a crybaby to me, like, yeah. a, like a whinging cry. And, like, and even, you know, the, 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 the effort to, presume, to present the facts of the story in a low-key neutral way so you know if if this were you know if you were to kind of let's test the theory that this was perhaps a you know a a tale intended to condemn the protagonist then you might make them more of a villain make them sort of seem more obviously unreasonable along the way but he merely presents the facts as he goes um, and you sympathise with the protagonist, and you're really there with them the whole step in the way until he lights match at the end of the at the end of the story. You know, he's not he's kind of he's the everyman, I would argue. Right. And so, but in so far as you know, right up until that point at the end. But didn't you get to the conclusion and and come to that fact, and therefore the narrative did do that. Well, and it's more a case of you just listened to it closely for the first you're, time. You're amazing. <laughs> I mean, you could certainly argue that. I just know. I just know a lot of people who would kind of be like, "Yeah, yeah," particularly oh, like no. you know, men, men of that generation at that age, oh, listening to it, just being yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah," that was like sick prank, or I don't know. I don't look, know. men. Don't I get like, me wrong. Men I'm, are awful. <laughs> And have been maybe for a long time. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm projecting. Oh, no, no, no. Well, look to to make it to make you feel better about it. Lennon said he wrote Norwegian Wood about an extramarital affair, and that he worded the narrative to hide the truth from his wife Cynthia. So that makes it better, doesn't it? So he just added this. <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't really wanted to pick up on this. You know what I'll do? I'll have him burn down the house because I've never burned down a house. <laughs> Autobiography turns. See, it is stand-up comedy. You just put a little twist in at the end, and, and it makes it something else. Oh. All right. Yeah. Lennon's okay. such a um, he's I, I I love John Lennon, but he is a complicated guy, and it uh, yeah. when when you look back on it. But I but I also I look back at those boys and I think far out. Like who who did you look to to learn how to deal with that fame? It was you guys. Like there was Elvis, but he was a completely different thing. And then suddenly. You're in the Beatles and there's no one there to show you how to deal with it because it's like it's never happened before. No, totally. You know, I, I definitely think we should feel sorry for the Beatles. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying like you don't, but you don't, but, you know, they didn't. No, I know. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to be, uh, well, you should feel sorry for the Beatles. One of them got shot to death. But the the, the fact remains that okay, there was no one the there to show them the way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's no, like... Totally. People taking advantage, you know, they got ripped off and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it just I, I, I have like a lot more, a I have a lot more these. empathy. <laughs> I do too. I do too. But yeah. I just think a lot of these songs are them complaining about not getting oh, yeah. sex or getting sex right. in the way that they would prefer to. I, let's, I feel like the, the <laughs> What's defense, the second song? The, no, the defense and the attack 
on on this like either side of the debate for the other two songs uh, are going to be are going to run in a roughly similar fashion. Yeah, that we've just discussed. So okay. rather than you know, uh, but but I will just quickly visit, just quickly visit, just the okay. So we've got um, mainly, but you know what? Let's oh, where's it gone? I've got the lyrics here. You won't see me. No, I wanted to talk about just quickly. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. Maybe, maybe it's a judgment on you know possessive. Anyway, look, that's all. That's Hang on, which, which which lyric is this that is, in? This is the opening in the week. Line. Well, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. John, hang on, which song is this? Run for your life. Run for your life. You oh, that's Ringo, keep isn't your it? Head, little girl, I won't know where I am. You better run right. for your life if you can, little girl. Hide your head in the sand, little girl. Catch it with another man. That's the end, ah, little girl. Little fun kick there. Anyway, look. All right. Kind of, it's joyless. I almost regret bringing this up because there's no like, there's no joy for me in like in discovering this. But look, put yeah. it this way. I, I will not be not listening to the Beatles or that album for that matter. In fact, I laughed. I cackled when I like listened to these songs and was like, oh, because it wasn't like, it wasn't like Michael Jackson, like all that, you know, that dark horrendous shit that you find out about Michael Jackson that actually like actively yeah. interferes with you. For me, at least I can't speak for anyone else, but actively interferes with your enjoyment of the song because then all you can think of is torture porn. But with the Beatles, like it's nothing like, it's nothing quite that sinister. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit like when you when you grow older and realize that your dad is not like the perfect model of a man, right? Or like or your parents in general are not perfect models yeah. of human beings. It's just like the death of innocence. That's a little bit yes. what it felt like the other night. No, quite oh, yeah. for me. Well, Run for Your Life, which Lennon wrote, which was based on Baby Let's Play House, which was one of Elvis Presley's early singles. He retained a line from the Presley track, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. Was Elvis Lyri- first. Yep. The lyrical theme is jealousy, and Lennon later disavowed the song as oh. a misogynistic piece. So, oh, bless him. All right. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's really you're, reassuring. You're on track with that one. Okay. That's good. Right. Right. You and Lennon? Me and Lennon, two pieces. Can have a chat? Bloody pod. What's, what's the third song? Oh, it was um, You Won't See Me. Um, and it just seemed to be like complaining about not, I don't know, just complaining about not getting to see a girl anymore and like implying that she hasn't put out. <laughs> so good so as you were saying that i started laughing because i was reading what it says here about the song and uh, written by paul mccartney you won't see me reflects the difficulties he was experiencing in his relationship with actress jane asher <laughs> due to her refusal to put her acting career second to his needs <laughs> there you go. that one was autobiographical there you go yeah, that one was <laughs> <laughs> and he's like if i i wouldn't mind if i knew what i was missing that's right. the part that made me go like oh you just like you know this is this is just about she hasn't put out yeah it's funny, isn't it? It's there's just some like you know you hear that and you go, ah, oh, God, 
that's um that's a bummer. That's why I could never get into hair metal. Like all my friends were into hair metal and stuff like that, and I was like, nah, it's just way too misogynistic, or you know, a lot of a uh, lot of musical styles out there where you go, you know, when you when you guys are all singing along, that's really awful towards women. Do you realise that? And then sometimes you're saying that to women who are singing along (laughs) and then you realize you don't know anything (laughs) that's me that's me with rap though but i'm becoming increasingly conflicted as i grow as i as i grow older and i've sort of been like i don't i don't think i can enjoy particularly like early 2000s like ludicrous or i don't know like it's just it's just a lot of like dr dre like a lot of stuff that i really like loved and had this preternatural ability in my 20s to like even though I was like relatively well quite you know like a feminist at that point and like totally aware of what they were saying was just just able to compartmentalize it and the compartments have all sort of dissolved as I've got older I'm like I don't think I can I think this is a massive double standard that I'm applying and I don't and in the same way that, you know, if I'm with Michael Jackson, I'm like, I'll be listening and I'll be like, and I'll be to all, like, I run, I run to a lot of like hip hop and rap and like, and I'll be listening and I'll be like, I can't, I just can't enjoy it. Like, it's really, yeah. anyway, you know, it, when it, thank God for Cardi B. Right. <laughs> when it comes to problematic artists or whatever, I find I can enjoy their stuff up until the moment that I know about the bad shit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, so I'm I'm having real issues of late because I've watched some old Mel Gibson movies, The Year of Living Dangerously. Uh, we've been doing Mad Max on uh, this podcast for yeah. Garth Jones' Past the Amel segment, <laughs> and and you know he's fantastic in Gallipoli, and I love that early version of Mel Gibson, but I do not like. Mel Gibson and it's like I can kind of enjoy that version of him who to me is oh he's he's of a he's he's a different version of him from a different multiverse who's accidentally slipped through and he was here for a while and then he slipped off and now he's been replaced by this awful arsehole yeah I mean there's so much to dislike about Mel Gibson that it's staggering (laughs) to me that you've only just landed on this conclusion to be honest no 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 I haven't liked him for no what I'm saying is I haven't liked him for decades, <laughs> but but when you go back and you watch his early movies, all oh, right, the, I, I didn't know the, about that. But like yeah. I saw those movies when they first came out, yeah. so it's like back then he was, you know, he was the Australian actor who was full of promise, and you know he's young and he's charismatic and he's handsome. The Year of Living Dangerously is a Peter Weir movie, one of our greatest directors, you mm. know. And then <laughs> you know, and then it's like Lethal Weapon two onwards. You go, ah, no more. No more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson, my mum used to, t- my mum tells the story of like seeing him on the train platform in the morning when she was growing up in Sydney. Um, and he just had, cause he had an American accent back then. Cause he'd like, he'd come over from America or something yeah. and he was, uh, and, and that he was just like this weird kid, but that he always had a sense of his own greatness even then, which makes you like right. him even less. Um, right. it, it turns out he was right. Uh, but yeah, not a lot to like, I guess, yeah, it, it seems unfair that when you find these things out about people, uh, artists that you admire, that there isn't some sort of grandfathering clause built in, in your brain that like, that protects their work that you've previously enjoyed. It has like the perverse right. effect of like, like 
retrospectively destroying this, you know, this work that you enjoyed and kind of like, you know, this this previous joy, like decades sometimes in your past turning to ashes in your memory mouth. Like it's kind of... (laughs) Your memory mouth. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you know, your memory mouth. Yeah. You got one of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. It's it's what makes... um, it's what makes art uh, and entertainment really, you know, really tricky. Like, to, you know, someone like Joss Whedon, what we've learned about Joss Whedon now, does that discount all of the great feelings that young girls felt when they were watching Buffy? You know, like it shouldn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... Because that's other people as well, right? There's no moral requirement for you to no longer enjoy that artist's work. I'm a firm believer in that. However, um, I think it's largely uh, related to your own capacity for compartmentalising. And that, for me at least, has diminished as I've grown older. But I used to be a fucking champion at it like i used to just be really great at drawing a line between those things and being like no it's fine um but yeah can you apply that to friends uh good question i I reckon i'm getting better at it i'm I'm getting worse at it same rule goes yeah yeah i'm just like um i've definitely i've 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 oh hang on what's sorry what do you mean by getting worse at it you i i struggle to tolerate morally reprehensible people oh, in a, like a, bro- a broader sense. Like if I, if I find yes. out, you know, a friend of mine I found out had um, stolen from another friend and they had never done any wrong by me and I really enjoyed their company, but the other friend was a really good friend. And I right. felt that I, at first I felt a, a, that I was compelled by, you know, an expectation to, to sort of no longer spend time with that person. But then I felt that it came quite naturally and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to. Like I feel that that's yeah. like, you know, so that was a, that was a thing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting worse at it. But at the same time, I am becoming more morally flexible. Yes. Oh, yeah. So no, I, no, no, no. I, I understand. I'm more inclined to forgive people Yes. because the longer you live, the more mistakes you make and the more you kind of are able to find not rationale but, like, forgiveness for people. Like, like no, I understand mistakes, having made, like, yeah. many myself. And so yeah. it doesn't necessarily reflect the totality of your moral, you know, fibre as a human being. This, this rep- represents a, a lapse perhaps and you start to understand you know, inconsistencies and lapses, um, not as representatives, but as just what they are. I totally yeah, agree with both of those. Funny, but it is like... No, no. But, well, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put in some uh, special effects afterwards. Wow. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. but the... Um, yeah. But I, I, I totally agree. It's like I'm kind of done with certain people in my life. Not even... It, it, it's quite fascinating that it's almost emotionless that's it's there's no passion to it there's no i am done with you it is more a case of no i'm just done i can't do it you know i'm just gonna drift away over here but as you said god i kind of understand when someone fucks up a little bit more and you know i kind of understand where they're coming from and yeah it's it's a real on the one hand it's like if it's reprehensible i'm done Mm. but if it's 
all the other kinds of mistakes that people make, then you just go, ah, well, you know, that's okay. Well, the, the mercy is now that the choice, and it sounds like you're having a similar experience, the choice is made for you. It's not so much that you choose not to spend time with that person anymore. It's that you find them intolerable. And so yeah. the decision is entirely removed from your, your consciousness. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's like, it's like the difference between choosing not to eat meat and being allergic to it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm just at a point also that I just want things to be as simple as possible. <laughs> I just don't want life to get any more, uh, you know, confusing or awkward than it has to be. Sometimes it has to be, but if I can make a choice, like I'm happy to just kind of smooth things out. And because I'm an only child and, you know, from a young age changed primary school to high school and left a lot of friends behind, I'm pretty comfortable when I feel like a friendship is done not being in touch with that person, not in a bad way, but just going, let's not ruin it. It's been some good times. Supplementary question. This yeah. lack of uh, desire for complexity in the, like, you know, this desire to kind of keep things simple, keep things straightforward, like let's not muddy it up, um, no, no bullshit. Um, do you think that that is a byproduct of your personal preferences, you, you, Justin, or do you think that that is a reaction to an increasingly morally complicated um, world. I think it is definitely influenced by the the complexity of the world, and uh, you know, especially in a world that seems to be changing every six months, as to you know, like it's what what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. But even that sounds a little bit dramatic. I just see it as progress, but sometimes progress is tricky and has all sorts of issues with it. But more, uh, I think more than anything it is i think i used to be this is i don't quite know how to word this without saying oh i don't know i just think i care too much but <laughs> i think i'm sometimes just a bit too empathetic and i would take on other people's bullshit mm. and and you know i'm one of those people that you know if someone's having a bad time and i'm around them then i take on their bad time mm. and then sometimes i'm the one who goes home with all of their shit and yeah then I think they've moved on, you know, or so I think it's been a little bit of a survival instinct as well. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And so hence why I moved to Sydney and, uh, you know, have tried to cultivate a whole new group of friends. Don't, don't get panicky. Anyone in Melbourne who's listening to this, although if it's you, Get, get panicky. panicky. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to get a text message from someone. Is this about me? No, of course not. You text it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's um, the people who don't think it is. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, do we have time to talk about um, my yes. favorite cop in the state? Yes, please. All right, cool. Great so, sentence. Yeah. So I have been watching the other fixture in my day is like 11 o'clock we stop whatever we're doing. Like, as I say, we're going to the office. We have like our, our, our editorial meeting at 10 a.m. Sometimes it goes on a bit and we're still yakking at like 10.59 and then we go, oh, 
it's time. Um, and we had a little book running for a while about, you know, the specifics of the of the presser, you know, whether it was going to be, you know, how many cases, what colour Gladys's jacket was going to be, you know, whether Kerry Chance glasses would be straight or crooked or like, you know, right. just kind of fixate on this press conference. And it's kind of, it has this sort of soothing formula to it. Do you watch the press conference every day? I was, and then the only reason I haven't been watching it is, like, I've just been doing some work from home and been on some uh, Zoom calls, but it's amazing how you always look down afterwards and there's a text message or two from a few people commenting on it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like like the only – it's brought back appointment TV. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so so everyone, like, tunes in or, like, you know, watches some version or sees some sort of update and they're, like, waiting for it. And they've taken this path in New South Wales. Like, I'm a bit of an aficionado of press conferences. Like, it's been my job to watch press conferences for the last 15-odd years. And so I really know a press conference and the rhythms of it and, like, all the the conventions of it, like the noddies, like you have people standing in the background just kind of like blithely nodding along to whatever you're saying. That's a big part of, of having a press conference. Um, your outfit, I mean, that's why we bet on the outfit. It's like, well, you know, if it's a big number, she's not going to be wearing red because that's like the blood of her people. You know, you want to have something right. authoritative. You want to have something high-necked, which sort of denotes a kind of authority, almost like a militaristic um, aesthetic. Um, the pearl drop earrings have become like a big favourite, I think, in the office. Gladys has been wearing these pearl, these double pearl drop earrings, which I just adore. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's Gladys. It's the same thing every day. So it goes Gladys and she'll give the number. But she knows that she only really has like a certain proportion of people's attention until she says the number. So she always like squeezes out a message in advance, um, you know, about, you know, whatever she wants to say, usually like, please stop hanging out, you fucking idiots. Um, And then then the number and then she'll like yak for a bit. And then it's like now Kerry Chan and Kerry Chan always starts the same way as well. She's she's she's. She says it's 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 religious. It's like yeah. in the twenty four hours to eight pm last night, there were seventy eight <laughs> cases recorded in the state of New South Wales. <laughs> in the twenty four hours to eight pm last night, twenty eight of those cases were out in the community. <laughs> And then she talks about the testing numbers and then she'll go on to talk about, you know, how they're not quite high enough and, you know, how we'd really like um, you just get go out and get tested and, you know, and, and then some more details. And then comes Brad Hazard, the New South Wales Health Minister, who is basically a charisma void. Like he's just... Right. He just like he says interesting like if you read what he said on paper, like anyone could deliver those lines and it would be... Goddamn interesting. Like, it, it's really like it's, you know, hell, hellstone, you know, hellfire and brimstone. It's kind of like this, you know, um, message of like, and he often he's sort of rousing on you, but he's, but he does it in this monotone and they don't give him any news to give. Like, Kerry gets a bit of news. Gladys gets a bit of news. Brad Hazard's, you know, like out there with his dick in the wind, like just nothing, you know, he doesn't have any kind of, um, thing that anyone's waiting on and so he right. stands up and says his thing and he's you know quickly runs out of steam and then he leaves and then and then comes gary warboys yep gary warboys is the assistant commissioner of police one of one of several assistant commissioners of police he's actually it's, it's sort of tipped 
to be the next Mick Fuller. So Mick Fuller's the commissioner and he's about to step aside. So Gary Warboys could be the next commissioner and he's got tiny, tiny, tiny little eyes and he stands up <laughs> and he's got this... First of all, let's not go past the name because the name yes. is very, very special. It's like a very mask, very aggressive name, Gary Warboys. Oh. Like you yes. wouldn't want to meet Gary Warboys in a dark place. Like Gary Warboys is a, is a cop, like he's a cop, right. you know. And anyway, so he, he gets up and he has the best job in the whole state. I would kill to do this job. He gets up and he gets to say, in the 24 hours to 8 p.m. last night, the New South Wales police issued 106 infringement notices and it's like, and, they, and they've called something special. Is it PINs? Anyway, it's whatever. It's like it's some crazy acronym and it's like infringement notices um, for the public health orders that have been issued. Um, but it's not enough to give the number. So he gives the number and then to drive the point home, the strong arm of the law, he gives these insane little vignettes, the specific things that people have done wrong in the last 24 hours. And they're always, for some reason, and the reasons I'm yet to divine, because as far as I can tell, it nearly makes the whole thing an object of ridicule and like, but perfect, like, like I love it. I don't, don't change Gary Warboys, but these really specific anecdotes, like there's the, the, the deer chase with the nude sunbathers. Did you catch yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. So this is the, they, these two men, a 30-year-old and a 49-year-old who were sunbathing in the Royal National Park, saw a deer, were startled. So this yeah. is, there's always this overly formal language in the police pr- press conference because they, they're cops and so they're like, and they, the men were startled and then they got up and they ran into the bushland and then they became disorientated and then they called for emergency services and officers attended the scene and found these men and issued them with pins. And it's like, oh, all right, man, um, you know, it's these details like one of the 30-year-old was discovered naked and carrying a backpack. Right. Um, then there was the 15-person the card game in Marathon. Oh, yeah. With a, like there was a 90-year-old. 90. That thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Dragons players, like the NRL players, one of them was like hiding under a bed when cops came to the home. Um, my favourite was one uh, that came through uh, – was it today or yesterday? I don't know. Time's melting. But um, there was a, there was a, the, the cops were were patrolling as they are wont to do on George Street in the CBD, and they saw some guy. And for reasons unknown that they don't specify, this guy leads them up to an office in the CBD, an office block where the, a party has been taking place. And the cops walk in, and there's this guy passed out and a mostly eaten cake and the remark from police, the, the, like the quote from War Boys today was that the office workers had no good reason to have a party. Right. <laughs> no good reason. They had no good reason. They had no excuse. If it had yeah. been of like a birthday or someone had been like divorced or dying or something like maybe, maybe yeah. then we would have let it slide. But like they just had a cake for the sake of it and, and someone was like passed out. Like it's just... Just this amazing scene that he painted, and and I don't know. I'm just like I'm obsessed with these little vignettes. I think he needs a catchphrase. Like I want him to have a catchphrase. Like you know, like 
we caught you or like every like at the end of every <laughs> like scene that you should be like saying something authoritative and like this tiny is little it, and his tiny it, little mouth yeah is it war boys war boys what you're gonna do what you're gonna do when war boys catches you yeah yeah something i would like to see that in delivered i would like to hear that delivered in like <laughs> the war boys monotone like yeah <laughs> war boys war boys what are you going to do yeah. when we catch you? War boys, war boys. Um, <laughs> and I would, I don't know, I just think they're, they're kind of burying the lead. Like I think they should lead out with war boys. Like forget the right. number. Like, you know, I think, Pe- I think we all. People we want all, the numbers though. We just need stories at this time, you know, like stories yeah. are what kind of bind us together. But, he, you know, he's been treated very cruelly by the media in other ways. Like, um you know, he's, he's, he doesn't have the strongest sort of verbal faculty. He's often kind of just like muddling through his notes. And, right. um, and you know, he, he copped a question the other day, which was, you know, do you think that enforcement is strong enough? And he said that it needed to be more firmer than stricter. And the media <laughs> took the, the, the quote that he needs to be more, like Warboys says, like enforcement needs to be more stricter and they just yeah. put that in headlines with the quotation right. marks around it. Like I've, I've gone deep on Warboys and there's like, there's like, you know, seven headlines from that day that are just like more stricter. Like they're just dragging this poor dude for his yeah. grammar. And it's like, yeah. oh. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big... Guess what? Public speaking is not that easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but, like, yeah, he really... I think it's intended to like project power. I think the ultimate object of this exercise is for police to, you know, project their power and humanize stories. And maybe you can see yourself in the passed out office worker in the, right. in the, in the deserted office on George Street. Go like, oh, I passed out next to a cake the other yeah. day. Maybe, you know, maybe I could be caught as well. And you're meant to sort of like, the specificity is supposed to help you project into the experience of being fined. And it, and it does do that, but it's primarily funny. And I just don't know that that's what they're going for. Like he's not a, <laughs> he's not a I feel funny like they're man. Not. He's not yeah. a funny man. He's like, but I mean, he's deeply funny, but he's yes. not, he's not going for that. And he's I not just, going for gags. No, but, and I hope he doesn't because I think he's, you know, he's in a comic um, ability lies in his lack of awareness, and I would hate to be robbed of this daily joy that I've come to discover. Um, if Gary Warboys, you know, started doing gags, maybe he'll he'll, he'll get brought on to like uh, the weekly or something to read something out in that monotone. Oh, Pickering will turn him into something, don't you oh, reckon? I hope so. Like the man's, the man's got a really unique communication style and like a and a delivery uncommon you know in in a public speaker like it's it's he's very self-serious um but he's got like he's got the goods he's got like he's got an incredible sense of like what makes a good story but just no uh, like no sensibility for how to tell the story it's just perfect it's just like it's just like poetry to me. Yeah. Well, before you go, I'm going to ask you this question because if you're so, if you guys are sitting around, you're betting on what Gladys is wearing and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what each bit of clothing would mean. 
What happens if Gladys came out in a bikini? What would be the message that you think she was about to tell us? Look, it's either really good news. It's either like, look, we've gone from 97 to zero overnight. I don't know how you've done it, Sydney, but you guys are legends. Here's... Let's like, go to the I'm, beach. I'm, I'm, let's go to the beach. Bondi, <laughs> don't even sweat it anymore. Like, you guys are cool. All is forgiven. Um, or it's, like, compensating for, like, 700 new cases. <laughs> yeah. Well, overnight we are now at 1,500 cases and it is rising. And guess what? I'm out of here. I've had enough. I've done my best. I've given up. I'm in this bikini. I'm not even going to the beach. That's how little I care now. I'm off to Tatsalotto. Fuck all of you. Good night. Here's Gary. Here's Gary. <laughs> Take it away, Wars Boy. <laughs> War Boys has some stories to tell you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Ange. Where can people find you uh, while uh, you're still putting out the, the good work at the ABC? Yeah, look, I'll be doing my daily podcast, The Signal, um, until they, you know, body block us from the building. Um, and, uh, we, you know, I'm sure that day is coming. Um, and, you know, inshallah, although you wouldn't want to guess, but I have um, Sydney Fringe shows coming up as well on the 15th oh. and 17th of September. I mean, you got to wonder what it's going to look like. But if it happens, I'll be doing bloody new material. I'm going to yeah. – it's, it's going to be called Spiders Follow Me um, and it's, it's, you know, well, the other working title was um, – I have 99 problems and here is an exhaustive list of all of them. So, you know, <laughs> give you a sense of what you're in for. Um, yeah. That's, that's my new show. Otherwise, yeah, catch me on Insta, catch me on my, uh, catch me on my podcast. All right. Thank you, Ange. Thanks. you to Ange for being my guest today. I'll be back later in the week with our next instalment of The Leftovers, which recently uh, this season inspired me to watch the Australian movies The Last Wave and Walkabout over the weekend. Walkabout, it's Walkabout set in Australia. It's a very Australian story, but it's directed by Nicholas Rogue. And I was reading that there is a little controversy on whether it should be considered an Australian film. But it's look if you watch it, it's it's very Australian. And both of these movies were so wonderful. I'll have to talk about them at some point. It's just both great films and you know we've forgotten about them over the years so they're worth checking out you can find both of them on streaming services but uh, maybe i'll touch on them a little bit this thursday and maybe do a a a bigger talk about both films uh, later down the track i've always actually wanted to do the peter weir movies so maybe peter weir will come after our next director which you'll find out about soon. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a top review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Good word of mouth is always appreciated too. So if you think there's some people out there who will enjoy this podcast, please recommend. That would be great. Thank you. Uh, let's finish with a quote from John Lennon. Rubber Soul was the pot album and Revolver was acid. I mean, We weren't all stone making rubber sole because in those days we couldn't work on pot. I don't know too many people that can actually. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> Maybe one. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Until then. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.